enjoy the life God has called us to to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. Welcome. My name is Brittany. I'm excited to hang out with you today. Uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you are having a great spring so far. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to my website. It's fitmomlifetothefullest.com. I'm a wife and mom, Catholic wife and mom, I should say, and I have two boys, one on the way, and I am a group fitness instructor, personal trainer, and all of that stuff as well. Clearly, my bio just is, you know, my highlight of the podcast. No, usually it's really not. It's me saying the same thing to you every week. But if you're brand new, welcome. I do want you to know who you're going to spend time with for the next little bit. And if you're with me every week, welcome back. I'm excited to chat. So we're talking today about healthy foods, allegedly healthy foods, things that we assume are healthy, that could actually be kind of sabotaging or throwing a wrench in your diet or your your nutrition. So I think about this every time that we're into a new challenge, which we've been cruising along on our eight-week challenge right now, and we talk about our macros, we talk about quality of foods, because you guys know that's what I'm all about. I'm all about eating mostly clean, healthy foods 80% of the time, and then having indulgences 20% of the time. But what I find is an issue a lot of the time with clients, and in whether it's one-on-one or in programs, are that problems occur when we are assuming that something is a healthy food fitting in our 80% of the time that's actually not that healthy. So for example, this week, I have them looking at, I'm recording a little bit ahead of time. So if you're in the challenge, you're like, we did that three weeks ago. Um, You guys know my plan. I'm trying to get a little bit ahead, just recording an extra one every week so that A, I can get outside more in the summer and B, when that baby does decide to make his entrance into the world, that I'm not trying to record a podcast from the hospital. So I'm a little bit ahead of this. But right now in the challenge, we are looking at our labels looking at what has added sugars and what has processed, what's a lot of ingredients and MSG and all these things. So already I've seen so much of like, wow, thought this was healthy. It's really not. It's amazing how much we think like a lot of these people, and I know some of you are listening to it who are in the challenge. So a lot of you considered yourself eating very healthily. It can be very eye-opening to flip over the back of that bar and think, wow, this is actually just a bunch of straight carbs with nothing else going on and really no nutritional value here. No wonder I'm still hungry in a half hour. So my thought here and the things I want to chat about are the things that we're kind of talking about in the group that are the foods that you would consider part of your 80%. Like we all know that a Snickers bar is a Snickers bar. If you're going to eat a Snickers bar, make it fit your macros and know that's part of your 20% indulgences, right? But if you're thinking that it's a really healthy thing you're eating, then that's a problem. If you're like, oh, that was part of my 80% eating really clean. So the idea here is making sure 80% is as clean as it can be. And sometimes we just think that we are doing that already because we don't know you know, the quality of our foods. So we can all always up level on this and just keep being aware of what we're doing, right? So a couple things that might be sneaking their way in that you think are healthy that are kind of derailing you a little bit because you're counting them as part of your 80%. So number one is flavored foods that are like the healthier option foods. So what I'm looking at and talking about here is take Greek yogurt or take oatmeal. Okay, those are two great examples. They both came up this week. And that's, you know, a food group that so many people would say, oh, Greek yogurt's healthy. Oatmeal's healthy, or oatmeal's good for you. I had a healthy breakfast. I had oatmeal. Well, oftentimes, 
the flavored versions have so much added sugar. So added sugar, we just want to kind of stay away from, look for things with natural sugar, right? We don't need, we have so much sugar in a lot of the things that we eat. We don't really need things, more sugar added to it. We get plenty in, you know, you have an apple, you have a banana, it has natural sugar. You don't need things, you don't need, um, even freeze-dried fruits. This one is not something I put on the list, but I've noticed that a lot with my kids and picking up freeze-dried strawberries or something. At Aldi, there were freeze-dried strawberries that are perfectly natural. They're just literally, you look in the ingredients of strawberries, okay? They're just freeze-dried. But then right next to it was freeze-dried mangoes, but a different, like a slightly different style. And I pick it up, look at the back of that. And sure enough, that one had added sugar. And I think it was the same thing with banana chips or something like that, that there was something else that had added sugar. It's like, why well, I got to go ahead and sprinkle the sugar on it? Because I would have bought this other kind of fruit too, but now I'm not going to because why am I going to buy one that has added sugar? They don't need fruit with sugar sprinkled on top, you know? So look at when you're looking at Greek yogurt and when you're looking at oatmeal, usually the flavors come with additional sugar because that's what they're doing while adding the flavor. So I noticed this myself with Greek yogurt a while ago because I was getting Greek vanilla yogurt. And I think I was, see, like food marketing plays such a factor here because I think I was thrown off by seeing non-fat. Like, okay, non-fat Greek vanilla yogurt, awesome. And never bothered to look at the back. And just because it had the vanilla, it did have added sugar. So then I switched to buying Greek plain yogurt that had zero added sugar. And then I would just zhuzh up a little bit by adding a little bit of honey or adding a little bit of maple syrup or something. You're just more in control of making it a natural sugar than, you know, just white table sugar or something like that in there or adding fruit to it, like doing those flavors yourself. I used to love blueberry Greek yogurt and it had so much added sugar. I'm like, why am I not just getting the plain throw some blueberries in there? You know, you can jazz it up further by putting some protein granola or something like that in there. But we just don't need all the added sugar. So look out for that. It is, again, usually oats, same thing. If you're getting strawberries and cream or peaches and cream oatmeal, just grab some old-fashioned oats or steel-cut oats and do your own. Or my favorite easy breakfast of overnight oats, go ahead and I'm sure if you just Google a bunch of recipes, I have some, but I know I for sure don't have a peaches one, but you can probably look up like peaches and cream overnight oats and do it yourself. And it's going to be a lot better for you in the long run with the natural sugar. All right. Number two is sports bars, prepackaged foods, and frozen meals. So hopefully, hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you would know I would not be advising you to eat a frozen lean cuisine meal or anything like that. Not because they're high calorie or anything like that. It's usually they're way too low calorie, way too small of portions. And the ingredient list is usually a mile long because it has all these preservatives and things like that. So Yes, if you're in a pinch, not the worst thing you could do, but look at those sports bars, look at those prepackaged foods. They usually have a lot of ingredients that you can't name, a lot of preservatives, a lot of just enhanced things to make them taste better, and they're okay in moderation. I've really tried to step away from just the really good tasting protein bars that have sucralose and all this added crap and get more into the whole clean bars as much as I can, whether you need to make your own or try like raw Rev Glow bars or perfect bars, things that have more ingredients that you can just read and it's not, you know, stockpiled with all this other stuff. So check out those if you are big in the prepackaged food. I actually see this a lot. I'm kind of like cruising on by this one, but there's a lot of people who consider themselves eating healthy and then I look at their food logs and it's like 80% of their day 
is from a bag that you could, or from, you know, packaging that you could scan with a barcode. And you want to ideally be eating majority of your food from plant-based and animal products, not, you know, something made in a factory, even if it says keto, even if it says paleo, and we'll get to that as well. Okay, next is something that might be actually throwing you off, even this is kind of more in your macro tracking. And I've talked about it, I think, when talking about macro tracking tips, but um, healthy foods that are legitimately healthy, okay, that you're just not guesstimating the right portions of. So calories can make a difference. You know, if you're having an extra 200 calories a day that you don't realize you're having, that can make a big difference in why you are not making things move, why you're not losing body fat, watching the scale move, that kind of thing. So just check your portions. I'm not crazy about weighing and measuring, but sometimes, you know, in the beginning, usually you have to be a little more meticulous about this because if you do a leveled scoop of a leveled uh, tablespoon of peanut butter, that's a heck of a lot different than what most of us are sticking in our own spoons and coming up with. Um, Usually I know my one scoop of peanut butter equals probably at least three tablespoons. Another big one that I think of with that, so healthy foods that we might just be doing way too much of is olive oil. That's a really high fat food and really like calorie dense food since just one gram of fat equals nine calories. If we're, and I don't really often measure the olive oil that I'm spreading over vegetables and things like that, but if we are like dousing things in olive oil or just frying them in a lot of oil, yes, it's a better for you oil, but that's still going to be a lot more calories than we're accounting for. So just watching how much you're using that that is not a bad thing to use your measurements, you know, use your tablespoons and your cups and stuff um, while you're getting better at being able to eyeball it and guesstimate it. Okay. And lastly, the things that are probably not helping you push toward your goals are those foods that have the food marketing labels on them, like keto, low fat, organic is a big one, or gluten free is a big one that are not actually healthy. So many of us, this is why it is helpful to track your macros because if you never have, I know I try to get you from tracking macros then all the way to intuitive eating so that you don't have to track forever, but it's really hard to start with just eating intuitively because you could naturally go to pick up these things that you're like, okay, I'm making better choices. This says that it's organic. Great, but it's still an organic fruit snack. (laughs) You know what I mean? They can throw organic on anything. And is it better? Like debatable, depends what it is. But otherwise it's still, and that's a big thing with gluten-free. You know, well, I made this gluten-free bread. Okay, but look at the box and it's still a huge list of ingredients that you can't even name half of them. And it'd be much better if you just made your own bread from scratch with with those kind of gluten-free foods if you want, like almond flour, coconut flour or something. But Unfortunately, a lot of the time, the processed food is still processed food. So whatever it is, that's usually, you know, think about that. When you're buying something that has a label on it of paleo or of gluten-free or whatever it says, low-fat, it's usually still something in a bag or in a box. So if they say low-fat Chips Ahoy cookies, it's still a cookie. (laughs) And then typically, they're putting some kind of chemical in there to make it taste you know, similar or hopefully partly as good as the real thing. And that chemical is going to be worse for you. That's a big one with sugar-free. And I see a lot of people hop on that train who are tracking macros or in the diet world of that I had it with sugar-free maple syrup or a big one like rice cakes with sugar-free jam. Yeah, but look at it because instead of sugar, if there's 
like sucralose or some sugar alcohol in there, that's worse for you than the sugar. So don't think that you're eating, you know, any healthier or that you're going to lose weight, lose fat by making those swaps. And especially guys, I really, I talked about this, I think last week when I was looking at something at the checkout, I was really hungry. I was in a Walgreens and I was looking at the food, like, huh, I wonder if there's a protein bar or something here. And it was so deceiving looking at, there's like three candy bars that were said keto approved on them. I'm like, right, but you're still a candy bar. So if somebody's doing keto thinking, well, it's keto approved, I'll eat it. It's still not good for you. It's still going to, you know, make you feel probably just as sluggish and bloated and stuff as the regular candy bar. You know, it's just not, if you want it in your 20%, if you want it as an indulgence, as a treat, that's cool. You know, everything in moderation, that is what I'm about. But don't go grabbing things like that thinking that they're healthy. And that's a big one, again, I've seen with gluten-free. There are some things that are gluten-free that are legitimately better for you, right? It's a little bit healthier to make almond flour chocolate chip cookies than it is to make them with all-purpose flour because our body just doesn't break down all-purpose flour as well, typically. And it just doesn't have as much nutritional value as almond flour does, okay? So that is just an objective thing, that almond flour is a better quality flour than all-purpose flour. However, if you're buying just a box of gluten-free cookie mix and it's just some kind of gluten-free flour that you have no idea what's in there, and then it's probably packed with a bunch of other weird fillers like tapioca starch and cassava flour or whatever, and all these things that you don't even know what they are, it's just carb, 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 and it's not actually any healthier for you. If you're not gluten-free, then you might as well just buy the regular flour. But if you are gluten-free, that could be better to use the almond flour. You know what I mean? So it's not just, okay, gluten-free cookies are better than regular cookies. Yes and no, like the almond flour cookies would be better for you, or maybe oatmeal cookies would be better for you because that base is just a more nutrient-dense food that you're starting with, but you don't know necessarily what they're doing. Same thing, even though I love that Kodiak brand of pancakes, it, and the the knockoff brand, Aldi has a knockoff brand as well. But if you look, it's basically just regular old pancakes with protein added. You know what I mean? So you could do that yourself and use regular flour and add protein to it. Or again, the convenience of using the box, but it's still boxed pancake mix and it still has a lot of fillers. So having that, you know, every day and thinking this is part of my 80% really clean foods Eh, not so much. You know, it would be better if you just make your own so it's as clean as it gets. You know, you can make pancakes with like, you know, nothing. There's so many recipes. It's like three ingredient pancakes and it's like oats and a banana or something. You know, so it's just the cleaner, the the less ingredients you're going to use, the cleaner it typically is going to be. And making it yourself is a, you know, good way to make sure that things are as clean as you want them to be. So, Just want to share my thoughts on that today as we've been delving through these labels and really just talking about it. And we just need to check back in every once in a while. I am not above this. I will do that sometimes too, where I've been eating something for so long or just buying something, Um, especially the convenience factor. I find myself doing that for the kids. Like, okay, we've got T-balls. I'm just going to grab a bag of these veggie straws. Look at the back. There's nothing to do with veggies in them. Okay. It's like, pea powder or something makes them classified as veggie straws where really it's like giving your kids chips or something. So don't do it like you're thinking, oh, I'm giving them something so much healthier. Know for what it is. You know what I mean? That, you know, just just take a peek because sometimes we start grabbing for convenience and, you know, we forget to look at labels, even if we've been doing this a while. 
that we were, you know, so into the labels of the foods we did have. But as we get excited, we're like, oh, there's these new paleo wraps. There's these new, you know, low carb this or whatever. And it's, you know, sometimes crap with that thrown on. Food marketing is very sneaky and they, you know, have their clever ways to present things that we think are healthy. So just my two cents for today. As always, that's all I can give you. (laughs) That's all I can offer you. Uh, I hope you ladies have a great rest of your day. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you would share it with a friend and let them know uh, that it exists if they're trying to get into a healthier lifestyle as well so we can just get everybody on a little bit of a healthier page. It's never a bad thing. All right, I will talk to you next time. Thanks for stopping. 